Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the only podcast, the only Michigan State podcast on the internet. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined as always by your other co-host, John Kirby, you can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at The Only Colors. Today is Tuesday, August 20th. And this episode is brought to you by HBO's new college football show. We assume it's called Hard Knockoffs. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Hard knock. Yeah. It's uh, featuring Washington State and Mike Leach, my favorite college football personality. You may know him as the Pirate. You may know him as the guy who doesn't have a playbook, but kind of figures it out. Uh, he is one of those people, even independent of sport, that I would pay to just sit and listen to. Like, I, like I'd bug his office. So, interesting you say that. The Athletic had an article recently. I highly recommend it. It's the best content they've ever written. Wow. Where they talk about each of the quarterbacks that were in his quarterback room. And they wanted the opposite of what you just said. They had to listen to him for sometimes five hours a day. Talk about nothing. So it's not football. Just whatever he felt like that day. The economy. Um, That's exactly why I want him booked. <laughs> okay. I want to hear his thoughts on everything. Like I'd like to get him at an open mic. So I just let him just speak. Yeah. Say well, well here, here, here's an excerpt because it's just too good. We'd be in the film room watching a play, and he'd say, good, next play, good ball, <laughs> next play. What'd you see here? And I would say something like, saw leverage on the outside backer. And he'd take the laser pointer, circle an empty plot of green grass, and say, just throw it over here next time. Next play. He was like, so wherever people aren't, Jeff, just throw it there. Or he'd be like, that guy's open. He is on our team. You should have thrown it to our team. And he wasn't kidding. <laughs> and then and then he was this next guy he's like yep that happened he would say in camp don't throw the ball to the other team because that's the last thing you want to do is throw the ball to the other team <laughs> the next quarterback says we actually didn't have playbooks see aren't there moments in sport where you're like i i might be able to do some of this i love the idea of whoever they play is just spending burning you know, the candle at both ends to figure out what they're doing. And Mike Leach is openly like, we aren't doing anything. You're wasting your time. Mike Leach is like <laughs> keeping bees in his spare time. He's, he's like, he's like have his own uh, food tasting yeah. YouTube channel. Like, you know, he's looking at his watch the morning because he doesn't sleep. Yeah. He's looking at his watch the morning of the game. He's like, oh boy, better get in the car. Oh, we have, a th we have that thing today. That's right. That thing. <laughs> Okay. Can we make plans for Saturday? No, hon, you know I have that thing. Don't you, don't you have a game? Yeah, that. 
So, um, can't wait for us to be featured on that. Yeah, looking glad forward that, to it. Glad that they're a sponsor, and um, we had to give them a shout out. Um, so, something happened today. Yes. Um, Tell us more. Rankings were released, and Michigan State had a very high ranking. Seventh in the nation. Wow. What you say? Wow. Seventh in football? And I would say, yes, in football. Aha. <laughs> Michigan, you trickster. Michigan State's men's soccer team. Um, and by the way, it's this is their season until further notice. When you go to a Final Four, um, which they did last year, you, you get more love than the men's uh, football team who went 7-6. and six. It's just how it is. Until then. What have you done for me lately? Yes. You know, so... But we will give a quick preview, yeah, here on the men's soccer team. They are ranked 7th in the country, which... No, jokes aside, it's pretty good. Yeah, seems good. Seems pretty good if you're into rankings. Uh, last year, as I mentioned, they went to the Final Four. Um, and then they finished fourth in the nation. One of three Big Ten teams to finish in the top ten. Um, this year, Maryland is preseason number one, Indiana number two. So, good conference. Yes, seems we, that way. We are seventh. And um, this season, Michigan State will play... A really hard schedule. The non-con game that's mo- as biggest is they play Akron, who they lost to in the uh, Final Four last year. Akron is ranked third in the country. Akron's like one of the best soccer programs in the country. Bad blood. A, a heated rematch sure to ensue. We've been training for this all summer. I've been thinking about Akron since last this yep. spring. Yeah, I'm pretty mad. I'm worked up about it. You can it. tell. The Zips... Zip out of here. Zip it up and zip it out. So the one cool thing, the Michigan State will host number nine, Notre Dame, under the lights, September 24th. Night game, baby. Let's go. Yeah. They have night games, too. And I'm sure it's a lot easier to get drunk in there than like in Spartans. I mean, it's like a hooligan thing, right? You're like you heard. I think you're supposed to be drunk. Not only is the schedule good, the uh, individual play is supposed to be good, too. Herman Trophy watch list. It's like the Heisman. Sure. Um, two players. Junior defender Patrick Nielsen. Cool. Good name. Nice. Better name. Uh, senior midfielder Giuseppe Baron. Giuseppe Baron. Baron is the reigning Big Ten midfielder of the year and a first team All-American selection. So, yeah, we have it kind Boy. of locked up in the middle. It's a hell of a good name. Joe too. Bocci is taking notes in the middle of the field. Yes, he should. Uh, Giuseppe, is he's our guy. I'm a yeah. I'm actually gonna keep track like I always do and keep peppering it in through the podcast because um, it's cool to have multiple awesome programs. Yeah, I just think anytime you can have a great player named Giuseppe, you have a decided advantage on the other team. You and we, pretty much regardless of and sport. it's our job to flex him. Right, as you all know, right. we have an affinity for names here. He doesn't even need a nickname, and he does not need a nickname. He's Although we can think of one, Giuseppe Baron. It's a good wow. Well, yeah, we might need some help from. The we'll think guy. about a little it. Little help here. Um. That said, there was another ranking that came out, the AP poll mm. for um, those American football fans, if you're yeah. interested in that sport. Michigan State, 18th. Yeah. Thoughts? Here's a take that I saw on the interwebs. Tell me. MSU being ranked at all equals overrated. I, I think that's fair. Like I, I think this is probably realistically 
you know, where they should be. I think it's a responsible area. And where I agree with the over, I put, suppose overrated aspect of it would only be in that like... Just rated period. You're rated, you're being ranked here based off of the uh, past success. Program. Like program. It's yeah, program, your program right? success. This, that's have, why you're here. We've become the thing we hate. Right? Yeah, hey, that's fine. We're a responsible uh, version of it. So it's only bad when other people do it. Like hash, that seems just seems <laughs> lost on you. Hashtag respect? Yeah. Question no. Mark? I, I I would call yeah. I mean maybe for the program, sure. But uh I uh I I think the more we look at this team, again, there wasn't it's weird because you don't get practical rankings at this point in time. Nope. It's usually just a complete crapshoot. Sure. But um this to me does feel like a pretty appropriate place for MSU when you consider Everything that happened to this team last year and all of the the excellent talent they have coming back, at least on the, the one side of the ball. So Yeah, I you know, it feels in the right area. Yeah. Any if they had creeped like literally any higher, I probably yeah, would have been like Yeah, this is a, this is about the extent of where you really I need want a it. I agree with that. disrespect. Like yeah. I can't have I can't have people feeling good. Eighteen's perfect because if you I when you're twenty. Pre- yeah, I was 20s were okay. I, I don't disagree. But if they just win the games they're supposed to win early on, like you start creeping into some real respectability territory. Well, let's talk about other Big Ten teams that are ranked uh, in the AP poll. Ohio State, fifth. Yep, start from the top. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Michigan, seventh. Um, wannabe member Notre Dame, ninth. Mm-hmm. And then we could drop all the way to Penn State 15th, Michigan State 18th, Wisconsin 19th, Iowa 20th, Nebraska 24th. It's a lot of love. Uh, and then in the other poll, you even have Northwestern over there at 25th. And that is a program. Yeah, that's Pat Fitzgerald respect. I like that. And I want to just toss out there two things, because if you've been listening to the pod for a while, we have, we've talked about other teams. Missouri was my uh, Power 5 team. Mm-hmm. 26th. That's right where I want them. That's perfect. Who is yours? Houston. Mine was Houston. Nope. No, no, no. That was your group of five. Yeah. Oh, my. You were Oregon. Oregon Ducks. Yeah, Oregon's way up there. Uh, I don't like it. 11th, way too high. I'm out. I'm, I love it. 27th might be an interesting uh, program to keep an eye on. One Army Black Knights. The Troops. The Troops are ranked 27th. The troops play Michigan in week two. We have been saying that. Been hinting it out there. Hi. They're not a bad program. No one on this Why did you schedule us? And they are going to play Rice, who is VVV bad. Mm. They won't probably get any top 25 love, and they're going to play Michigan. And no one on this podcast has said that Army will beat Michigan. No. We're just... Circling the date. It's something to look at. Here's what we can't say. It's a game. It's a game. It will be played. It's at 11 a.m. You could tune in. You might be surprised what the troops have up their sleeve. It'll be played that much we know for sure. The troops. Watch out. Okay, so that was an interesting... So, Big Ten, well represented. So, Michigan State ending up uh, in the ultimate symbol of imbalance in college football. MSU, the fourth highest ranked Big Ten team. And also the uh, fourth-ranked team in their own division. Well, what are you going to do? So this is interesting, though. So I guess I think this is an interesting topic of conversation. Of all of these teams, independent of where they're ranked, which one do you think is 
the most overrated and the most underrated. So I'm I'm a little in the Penn State show me what like that's a program one. Again, they're ranked fifteenth. But they're replacing a quarterback, guy who has had no Damn real quarterback. snaps. He's had no real snaps. I understand that they've been recruiting at a high tilt, but we haven't seen him play. And now Penn State is reaching into the Michigan realm of mm-hmm. like, they got the Croots. And it's yep. like, yeah, but have they ever done anything where Ohio State gets to be ranked fifth with a new coach because... Their yeah. recruits do things. Yeah, that they they, they, have a, they have a recipe. I mean, Penn State has gone to the Rose Bowl recently. You know, they've they've done some things. But so you think Penn State's most overrated? Do you have? I'll tell you my most overrated. I think my most overrated was Wisconsin by like a pretty significant margin. Mm. Wisconsin was bad last year. Yeah. So so again, it's a program ranking because yeah. we were bad. It one hundred percent is. But they didn't do. I mean, they still have Jonathan Taylor. That's Stud. great. And there is something to be said for the fact that they just do what they do every year. Mm-hmm. But Literally. if you're ranking them here, mm-hmm. you're telling me that this is a nine. I just don't look team. at. But let's look at the teams behind. Let's say Michigan State, because we're 18th and Wisconsin's 19th. Yeah, right. Iowa's 20th. Do you feel like Iowa's better than Wisconsin? Maybe. Probably. Okay. Based, based on yeah. Okay. I would, I would say based on the previous performance and really individual talent. Yes, I would say Iowa's better. How about how about Iowa State? I don't know. Brock Purdy's pretty good. And then Syracuse? No. That's tough. You know? That Syracuse is just a hot pick. They, they are very so hot right now. Yeah. Washington State, love it. I'll do it. They, I, I, I'll take Washington State over Wisconsin. Leach is so cozy right at 23. Yeah. Nebraska riding a hype train. I, I would say Nebraska so... was probably my second choice for most overrated. I did, like. Listen, I get it. Scott Frost is, is an attractive guy. That's pretty much all I got. Um, but, uh, but And, you know, they think they finally got their quarterback. You've got uh, Adrian Martinez. People really seem to love him. Um, here's a take. Here's we'll a take see. on Nebraska. Scott Frost, year two turnaround. Mm-hmm. He went from 0-12 to 12-0, UCF. 4-8 mm-hmm. in Nebraska. I think people are giving him a little too much love at Nebraska. 8-4 yep. feels right for them. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, but that is even – that's a four-win jump. If you consider – they had some bad bounces last year. For sure. And For if sure. they were, in all reality, a 6-16. Six and 16. Mm-hmm. A leap from 6-16. Yeah, and 16. but you want to give them the credit for the bad bounces. you got to give them, you got to say, okay, you also beat Michigan State in a snowstorm and scored nine points in that game. So, like, yeah. you know, there's, there's, it, I'm in just saying to, to, to jump four wins any year for any program is, is big. So, I, and, it, even so, do you really like? Are do they really deserve to be a, the the number? Do they deserve to be ranked at that point? So I'd say they are the most overrated. I, I'm with you on that. Arizona State got three votes of note because Michigan State will play them in week three. Um, and that's it. No love for uh, the Broncos or the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. Do you have any <clears throat> other Big Ten teams you think is the most underrated? Yeah, I don't think the fact that Northwestern is not even close to being on here um, in the AP. They're the 20, they're 29th in the AP. I think that's I think for a team that won it all, won the Big 10 West last year. Mm-hmm. It's a little disrespectful. A little disrespectful any 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 others? Yeah, you know, I uh, I don't know that I think anybody is terribly underrated here. Um, 
I don't think anyone in the Big Ten right now is a sure is any type of shoe in for the playoffs. So I look at those top four. You see Clemson, Bama, Georgia, and Oklahoma, and I can't really give you any reason why Ohio State uh, should be above them. I can't yeah. give you any reason why Michigan should be above them. Right. And then after that, you know, you drop all the way down to fifteen with Penn State, uh, Michigan State sorts kind of right in where they. I think I, I guess my most underrated would probably be Iowa. Because okay. they have a good quarterback, they have some really good individual talent, and they play in a very winnable division. And I don't think, aside from Iowa State, they have much of a non-con. So if I had to say one, I would probably say Iowa. That that seems fair. In- and it might not be a drastic yeah. overrating, I mean, it might, or underrating. Like, it might only be a handful of spots. But when I look at kind of the teams right in front of them, I don't know Wisconsin, why Wisconsin's in front of them. I'm kind of surprised we're, Michigan State is in front of them, to be totally honest with you. Well, they do, they have a... When you, when you have crossovers, it's always going to be tough when you're in the West because you're going to get two tough teams. Mm-hmm. But they do miss Ohio State and Michigan State this year. That's huge. I mean, that re- like that's le- and who do they get? They get uh, Rutgers. So they're going to do Michigan, Penn State, Rutgers, and... Uh, Who's the other one? Northwest? No. Nope. That's it. That's it. Is that it? Feels Minnesota? Like it. No. Nope. That's it. Okay. So... Um, you know they did. They did get. They dodged Ohio State. That's mm-hmm. kind of the goal. You know, Every you're year. gonna get some. You know, a couple of tough ones. Yeah, so. you have to. It's a great. It's a good. Good conference. All right, cool. Well, that was fun. Uh, looks like the rankings are back. It's a great spot to be in 18th, like you said. Yeah. Manageable. You don't jump up too quick. Michigan State doesn't play anyone great too early that would warrant a huge jump to get on the national radar. Yep. You're gonna wake up. Probably at that Northwestern game in week, it week four, and say it's two top twenty teams. Yeah, the winner of that, and all of a sudden Michigan State's a top fifteen team, and everyone in the nation wakes up and yeah. says, "Oh, right. hello, welcome yeah, back, and, folks." And, and that's that's when you're heading into Ohio State mm. after you've played your first four games. Isn't Ohio State the fifth game of the season? Well, let's confirm. You're missing Indiana in there, but ah, they're off. Shoot. They're often forgotten, and that's yeah, as, okay. As they, you don't know, listen. Prove it to me, Indiana. Prove it to me. Yeah, you're going to go. Ohio State is going to be week six. Is going to be the sixth. Okay. So we'll get to it. So, folks, let's take a take a stroll on down to, well, you had a pick em. That was really interesting. Would you want to do the pick em? Would you like to do the pick em? Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. Uh, okay. So you were talking about Jaden Reed or Joey Hauser. Who would you rather be eligible this week. Yeah, I thought we'd do it. I saw this post on Twitter. Hmm. Um, and I thought it was really interesting because MSU is in this position where you have uh, you know a transfer in both major, you know, revenue sports, both of which you expect to be at the least competitive in this year that could make probably a significant difference. Jaden Reed, I mean, a freshman All-American a year ago, um, MSU, we talked about it last week, has the top three receivers that are great. But, um, you know, you have the chance to really add a fourth one that might be as good as any of the three that are currently playing. Yeah. And then you also were talking on a basketball team, uh, you know, that has to replace Nick Ward, Matt McQuaid, and Kenny Goins. You know, obviously some great players coming in. We all know the expectations for this team. But you're bringing in a guy who averaged – you know, flirted with a double-double and shot 40% from three last year. And so I think it's interesting to say which one of these two, and I do want want to pose it to you. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling I know which way you're going to go here, but I want to pose it to you and see what you think. Which, which, If you had one of these two eligible Uh today, who would it be? Well, the reason I would even consider is because you mentioned last week um, 
outside of Jalen Ehler and maybe Cody White and Larice Nelson, the wide receivers lack top-end speed. This kid has that Does level. Not. Okay? I'm Beyond that, though, Joey Hauser's the no-brainer because there's no question mark with him starting as a four, in my opinion. He's played a season. If there's no question... The four is the only question mark, in my opinion, on the basketball roster. Today. I think you feel really good about what Marcus Bingham could become and what Malik Hall um, could become. But if you could plug Joey Hauser in today, I mean, this is a natty team already, and I need to stock up the natty team as much as possible yeah. to chase that natty. And that's what I was going to say. I was going to agree with you. I, and to to your point, the reason I take Joey Hauser is not as much because you need him. Because I think between these two players, I think you need Jaden Reed more. Yep, but on, I'm on a need yeah. exactly. But the basketball team, for as good as we think this football team could end up being, like you know, we're talking about ceiling of a ten-win type of team, like a really good year. Uh, you know, crazy things happen. Maybe they're better. Bad things happen. Maybe they're worse. Both very possible. Um, but you're looking realistically probably at you know a team that's you know around nine. Mm-hmm. Eight to ten wins, um, whereas Michigan State basketball, you're talking about a team where if they are not in at least the Final Four, it's a disappointment. And, and even that, and you are, yeah, you are a championship team. When you are looking for a championship, the more we can do to get that, yeah, like to to strengthen that and make that even less of a no brainer. You know that that's what I would do as well. I just thought it was an interesting question. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting worked up. Thinking about this basketball team, if you guys have been listening to the pod, you know how much we love the hoops. Uh-huh. And, and we were excited going into the Miles Bridges, Jaron Jackson year. Yep. It doesn't touch where I'm feeling right now. No, I completely agree. This one is... It's got a uh, as As talented, maybe the top-end talent isn't as... And it's just... It, but it's it's really complete. It's really good. They can do everything. They're deep. Up. They're versatile. They're good on both sides of the ball. Um, no, at this point anyway, Achilles heel. I don't know. Like, you got to feel I'm okay. too hype. Yeah, so we'll talk about... I'll say basketball for another time, but I just thought that was an interesting... <laughs> it was, it was good. I'm interested to hear what everyone else would think. Maybe we'll throw a poll out there. Yeah, I think... By the way, I think it was Sparty88 that tweeted that. Oh, okay. I want to give credit where it's due. Yeah. I saw that on Twitter. Cool. I believe it was him. Either him or Sparty Digital. Either way, shout out to both of you. <clears throat> so um, we were going to do position previews. Um, this is our last week of position previews because next week we will go through the schedule breakdown predictions and then a full uh, Tulsa preview. It's back. It's happening. This week's week zero, though, dude. There's a it game. Is. It is. Yeah, there sure is in just a couple days. Florida versus Miami at uh, in Orlando. Yeah. Walt Disney World. Camping World Stadium. Um, I've already gambled on that game. Wow. Um, not on the football teams. Mm. I gambled on if Washington State would get the flag into the Magical <laughs> Kingdom. To wave uh, oh, because it is, is it inside? It is inside. So it's game. not at the Camping World Stadium. Then. Well, they're play the game there. But oh, but that's where game, game day, day is. Oh, wow, they'll do it. I'd put money on it. I did too. Yeah. Easy money. Yeah, that I feel like that's a no brainer. So that was easy money. You can still get in if you want. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> the football. Um, I'm feeling good about the Gators in that game. And yeah. the only reason why is as I have come this past week, a couple things have happened. Um, flipping through the channels on the sci-fi channel, there was a movie called Damn Gators, and it was about gators who built a dam um, with 
of dead people. Oh. To stop the water. I didn't sure. stop and watch the As movie. As they do. But I, I was flicking through and I was like, this feels like an omen. Yeah. You know, the, it could have been Stopping any, a hurricane. It could have been any type of, it could have been any type of sci-fi movie. It was a gator mm, one. That's ominous and timing folks, to say that's how you gamble with the yeah. only podcast <laughs> great advice as always from our resident gambler okay so um that's exciting we will talk about that game um yeah. you know next week excited for it i will make time that is appointment television yeah it's football so um but we were going to do some position previews um we're going to start with special teams and we're going to get to the backfield yeah so we got we have kind of a three unit uh preview this week like john said first is the special teams. Um, we didn't save them for last because they are the special teams. Because if you watch la- like if you watch last year's team, you know how important they really truly mm-hmm. are. Or if you're just a Big Ten fan, you know special teams are as important as anything else. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll kind of... People yeah. laugh until they have oh. trouble with the snap. Uh, you, well, you laugh until you're down to your sixth punter. That's mm. when you laugh until. Uh, I am as excited... For the return of Jake Hartbarger, mm. as I am any addition, any return of any player. Joe Bocci, Kenny Willekes coming back. Brian Lewerke. Thrilled. Brian Lewerke. You healthy. can have it. Great. Yeah. Me? Give, the, me? give me Jake. The weapon. The weapon, Hartbarger. I was saying before the pod that the first time he busts a 60-yard just bomb, I am, I might faint. I'll we're, probably faint. We're going to call – I think we were calling him before he got hurt, uh, Jake Knife. Jake Knife. Because he just truly is a weapon. He's a weapon. He can That's do it great. all. He can pin you. He can boom you. He is he, fantastic. He can fake it. I'm, legitimately, to have him healthy, like is no joke, is a extremely big deal. Also, we have another scholarship punter on the team, which, again, important. Yeah. Uh, Jack Baumeister. Baumeister. Thank you. Um, fella out of Australia, I believe. Yeah. This He's is- an Aussie. So, oi, oi, oi. Yeah. We've learned the mistakes of the Aussies. Mm-hmm. You, we have. So, if there's one thing that Jack does this entire season is if he does happen to have trouble with a snap, fall on it. Yeah. Don't don't get fancy, Jake. Don't, Jack. Don't pick it up and don't. try and kick it again. For the love of God, do not hand it directly to the other team. That is a goal. So, punter feeling good about it. Yeah, you got to feel. I mean, you know, it's going to be. It's legitimately such a big deal because let's say this offense struggles. No. As long as, but I'm just saying. Then? Let's say I know it's unprecedented, but let's say the offense struggles. This defense is good enough. This defense won games as the only competent unit of the three last year. That's how good they were. Yeah. If two of the three now, one's really good. One's just good in the special teams. The offense can still. Take its time to learn this new system and get up and running. And you can win a lot of games with just defense and special teams. Not to say that they should rely on such a thing, but... I'm here for it. That's the kind of... I mean, that's how you you can win games that way. Hey, one person that would take offense to saying was not competent, it was one Matt Coughlin. McMuffin. Redshirt Jr. The reason is because he was quite competent. The only one. Uh, And in fact, something we'll keep an eye on this year is he is rapidly climbing up the charts uh, for all-time MSU records. Currently 11th all-time at Michigan State in extra points made, 62. He's 11th all-time and made field goals with 33. And most importantly, first all-time in Michigan State history in field goal percentage with an over 80% um, 
from the field. Yeah. He's That's incredible. And he's missed only eight field goals in the last two years combined. Um, Pretty good. It, it's and no missed extra point ever. Michigan State has been very good at finding a few different positions uh, throughout Mark D'Antonio's tenure. Middle linebacker being one of them. Um, corner, obviously. And then kicker. Mm-hmm. Really, the run of kickers Michigan State has had has been pretty impressive. And there's kids behind uh, McMuffin here that are also pretty good. So, um you got to feel confident, and yeah, he does deserve credit. He was the functioning piece of this offense last year, but here's what you need to know to know about the offense. La- uh, in 2017, he attempted 38 extra points. Last year, 25. Ooh. So a kicker is only as effective as the offense is that's getting him into decent field position. Well, and he only attempted three more field goals than he did. Right. So it's not as if they were even stalling out. Exactly. They just were unable to do anything, which is why even last year having Jake Hartberger or a real punter, somebody that could get the ball down the field Mm -hmm. and and pin an offense would do so much. I mean, I think specifically about the Michigan game Mm -hmm. when you had punts getting shanked left and right by third and fourth string punters that – you know, MSU was in that game until the beginning of the fourth quarter. It's true. And uh, Here's what if, if you've got do. competence, you, you're there. We're going to be done talking about that game. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I want to. I don't want to forget about our long snapper, Ryan Armour, who's a senior, and that's all I have to say about that. Yes, that he, helps. he is on the team. But that helps when you've had been doing it. Sure. So this is a this is a helpful addition. Agree. Um, punt returner and kick returner. These are two areas where we think this you can immediately help a poor offense than they didn't last year. Right. And I think for the first time in what seems like a while, this, these have been frustrating positions, to be quite honest with you, since the departure of, like, Keyshawn Martin. It's been a while. Um, Michigan State has not had a punt return for a touchdown since 2011. Yeah. And, and was, I will say I thought R.J. Shelton had some big flashes. Like, he was a capable returner. But in terms of, like, a true weapon, MSU just hasn't really – I mean, Keyshawn was fantastic. You, you don't – again – if you have an offense that struggled this badly a year ago, you expect them to be better, sure, but it doesn't mean that you can't, you don't want to give them every yard of help that they can get. And MSU does have two guys that I think can can do that, and that's Jalen Naylor and Daryl Stewart. Uh, Stewart, we've seen him actually return some kicks previously. Um, Naylor never really got the opportunity because of his hamstring a year ago, but when you see that speed, I mean, what better way to utilize that than I don't even necessarily know if on the punt return, but the kick return where he's got a little ways to kind of, although he's a one step in the ground speed kind of guy. If he's got time to set his vision and take off a little bit, I mean, this dude, he is, he has explosive kick return written all over him. Well, and, and not only returning kicks is being able to make a good judgment. Um, we saw last year, there was a lot of frustration with them. The inability to judge whether to field it or let it bounce, and which would result in, you know, ten to fifteen yards of field position lost. Right. Um, ideally, that's something where maybe a, a Daryl Stewart, who's a senior, you know, can step in and make those calls. And it's crazy. The more that we talk about the special teams and the offense and all the stuff that happened, it's honestly incredible that this team won seven games last year. Yeah. Like, if you just think about everything that happened on those two th- two thirds of the team, uh-huh. you this defense was playing with like a hand and a half tied behind its back, and it was one of the three best in the <laughs> entire nation. Like, it's it's really pretty incredible. So, um, if you can just get this is one unit that I look at, and I think if they can collectively be 
average to above above we'll say above average because I think that's realistically possible as a whole. Well, especially when you have Jake Hartberger and Matt Coughlin. Right. Even really even kicked. if just the kicking unit is above average, which I think both of them I think they will be. Well, Matt Coughlin definitely is. And yeah, Jake and Hartberger, Hartberger hopefully is. certainly was before he got hurt. Um, so no real position battles here. Right. Um, not really. A, special teams is always scary. So to answer our it question, is. what scares you the most? Everything. And it's not because of these guys, just in right. general. But And there's, this is kind of tough about incoming freshmen. I would be interested to see um, if if any of the freshmen, though, on, on the, the wide receivers get any touches in the punt return or, or kick return area be just to get like a, like a, um, somewhat a touch, you know, is there anyone that you think that might, uh, that is a true freshman that might, you um, just had to get him on the field to I, have the ball. I mean, it could be, you know, depending on what you see from Javez Alexander and Trey Mosley, to me, those two guys, you know, and again, D'Antonio is not afraid to use whoever he wants back there. We've seen, I was thinking Julian Barnes. Uh, ooh, that would be a very good one. Yeah, I mean, if he's the athlete that everybody that he is is supposed to be, then yes, I think that's a great call. Well, that's the easy position to get somebody the ball and not have them have to think. Mm-hmm. You just go be an athlete. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's a that's a pretty good call. So let's jump to the backfield. So we we're doing um, fullbacks, running backs, and quarterbacks as a whole here. So let's start with fullbacks. So. Max Rosenthal and Reed Burton back. Um, this is a position that um, ever since Trevor Pendleton, we haven't Trevin. sorry Trevin Pendleton, we haven't seen too much action thrown their way. Yeah, and I think a lot of that just has to do with the offensive line. Uh-huh. Like ultimately, if you can't, I mean, the fullback kind of went away for a lot of intensive, like for all intents and purposes, the last two years um, because the offensive line. If you have a fullback, you are sort of tipping your hand that a run's coming. And Michigan State did a really bad job of doing that the last few years. They tipped their hand all the time. So um, that that is something that I, I'm, I would love. If these guys play a lot, it means the running game's working. Well, um, Pendleton, his two biggest receptions went for a very long time because sure the did. hand was tipped and no one, everyone yep. forgot about Old trip. Well, that was when Michigan State had elements. Helps. Yeah, and they it just felt like the last two years, even even two years ago when Lewerke had a great season, they were still somewhere in the 80s in terms of total offense. Sure. The running game still wasn't good. So, uh, you know, that it's amazing what having a healthy quarterback can do for you. Um, but I would say these two, you know, hopefully they can just throw some solid blocks and, and you know, mess some people up, protect the quarterback. Yeah, as you mentioned, that's the biggest piece is protecting the quarterback. And I think that's where you're going to see um, someone step forward in the running back game is somebody that can help protect Brian Lewerke mm-hmm. as well as, you know, obviously making big gains. Yeah, so the running backs are one of potentially the most unknown position uh, really um, on the entire team. Well, everyone's back. Everybody's back, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Uh, It doesn't really mean anything. Mm -hmm. Um, We obviously love Connor Hayward, one of my favorite players on the team. It's great. Uh, Ladarius Jefferson, very solid running back last year. Elijah Collins has made some noise in camp. Um, There's a couple freshmen in Anthony Williams Jr. and Brandon Wright that are are both making noise. Uh, But that's five players, and you could realistically tell me. I wouldn't – aside from maybe – Right, you could tell me one of these guys is going to get the most carries this year, and I couldn't really find a reason to argue with you. Mm-hmm. 
that is it's a problem encouraging too. and also very disheartening at the same time. Um, I think in an you know if you go based on last year, it's probably going to be one of Hayward and Jefferson, just because those are the two that got the most experience. And really, when we looked at last year's team, what the issue was with these two was not talent; it's not like physical ability. It was literally just the fact that neither of these guys had been running backs for more than a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ladarius Jefferson was a, a true freshman last year who played quarterback the year before. Really wasn't, you know, good at that position just yet. I mean, mm-hmm. he was, didn't didn't know it. Connor Hayward also had played, you know, all over the friggin' place. He'd been a quarterback and a linebacker in school before. He mm-hmm. has been all over the field, uh, you know, and is not a natural running back. And I, it's funny when you look back. It's actually not funny. It sucks. But when you look back at some film from last year, these guys weren't far from making big gains. They just didn't know how to read an offensive line. And it doesn't help that they didn't have an offensive line that was making reads easy for them. So, you know, between those two factors, that's why the running game didn't work. Now, this year, you hope that the offensive line is able to open a few things up more that make reads easier for these guys. But having just a full offseason to be like, okay, I get to now be a running back again for another whole year is honestly the best thing that could have happened for either of these two. And so... Um, also, I think getting Weston Bridges across to wide receiver probably opened up some more carries for for a few of these guys, and um, hopefully some some more opportunities. But you know, I I'll say this: I think the main running back is going to be, in all likelihood, probably either Jefferson or Collins in a dream scenario. Connor Hayward's still going to get a lot of carries. I think he needs a lot of touches. But you mentioned a guy in Trevin Pendleton. I think Connor Hayward is a a plus version of what Travin Pendleton brought to the brought to the table. Mm-hmm. He is a guy who can who creates elements for you in an offense that not a lot of players can. I mean, he is talk about a guy who can block. He's a friggin' truck. He's got great hands, so you can throw the ball to him out of the backfield. You can hand the ball off to him. You could probably split him out wide. Uh, he is a guy that if you're if Brad Salem is able to unlock some things, um, this is a dude that I'm not only very excited about this year. But especially as a senior, when you get even more competency, and, and mm-hmm. frankly, you're going to need him a little more when you're replacing a lot on offense next year. But it's, um, I think, in a best case scenario, Connor Hayward is kind of is almost like a super gadget player, and you know he could end up being the main back. But I, I just have a feeling that um, Jefferson is a little bit more natural of a running back. Sure. And I think Collins is apparently impressed, and, and a lot of good buzz about Anthony Williams Jr. too. Well, I think everyone will get their touches, and especially in the first two weeks. And then you kind of have to you, – you can't keep doing the committee. No. you got to make some choices probably by Arizona State and say these are our two guys, you know, or th- you know, at the very least three, and then you limit cap carries at for that third guy. You know, yeah, it's like – Yeah, and I think that is one thing that they've struggled with. Again, because there's not – when Michigan State has had its best teams, mm-hmm. and there have been many – they have had a guy, mm-hmm. it, whether it's been obviously Jeremy Lankford, uh, it's been Rock Baker, it's been Le'Veon Bell, it's been Javon Ringer. Uh, I mean, I know I'm missing people too, but, you know, uh, LJ Scott, when he was a freshman, you know, when MSU has a bell cow, it's, a, it's just simply a better team. Yep. And whether that, I think that guy exists on this offense somewhere. Right. It's just a matter of, uh, of who and where. And and this is one of those things too, where it's kind of a bummer that LJ Scott's not back, especially now that he's not in the NFL. I hope everything's going okay for him as a person, but like 
Mm-hmm. You had him yeah. on this team. And that's another thing we didn't talk about last year. He was supposed to be that guy last year. We thought we had that locked up. Yeah. I mean, you thought that that was done. And, uh, you know, you lose that, you, the, the depth gets exposed. Now, I don't know that depth is going to expose anything here because I'm not sure what the step down is. It's such an unknown. Mm-hmm. These guys need to prove, you know, someone needs to step up and take the job. And I think if somebody makes a statement in camp, if it's Brandon Wright, if it's Williams, if it's Collins, that guy is going to, you know, get the look. And it really says a lot about Brad. I think this, this is arguably Brad Salem's biggest early decision. Yeah, this is going to... It's going to, if we, you can find that one piece, it can really unlock a lot of everything else. Yeah, and it, it you can't fall victim to the hot hand thing again. I hate the hot hand. Everybody mm-hmm. hates the hot hand. So, um, But you're going to probably see, it might not be a hot hand situation, but I would hedge to bet in the first couple games, series are going to go to different people, yeah. regardless of how well the series went before for somebody. Absolutely true. I completely understand. And I agree with that concept. Yeah. I mean, yeah. these guys all need carries, whether it's, you know, yeah. no matter what point it's at. But you, like you said, when you get into Arizona State, you get closer to Northwestern. I forgot about Northwestern and Indiana, by the way, earlier. Mm-hmm. When you get closer to those games, you got to have a rotation figured out. It's got to be locked broken in. down by a percentage, it's, it, it's got to happen. And really, if I could say one thing that's going to give guys playing time, blocking and that's what whichever we one of you guys is going to block best is going to get the looks absolutely and that same with tight end and we say it we say it every year um but it's just so important because and that's where there the separation comes from and a connor hayward and ladarius jefferson from an elijah collins and an anthony Williams. Yep. understanding blitz packages understanding where things can come from like that is rare when it is innate to somebody yeah i mean it's it's such it's an experience thing but that's another part of this where it's like if this truly is a new offense these guys are all kind of starting from the same point i guess i just meant from an seeing a 100 completely agree with you i mean you need to whether it's the same offense or a different offense they definitely have an advantage but i'm just saying you know that 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 is something that levels the playing field at least a little bit but um I also will be very interested to see how many two-back sets get used. So that was a question you already beat me to. That's where you're going to see Connor Hayward um, see the field um, a little bit more. You're right. You'd be remiss not to play him um, just because he is so capable of doing so many different things. And just having him on the field, it's not – it's a plus version of a Trevor Trevin Pendleton because it's not a tip of the hand that it exactly. can run. Like it is, could, exactly. could be any. It's an element. Yeah, he's an element. It's a, it's a, it's a changer. It's a, another thing for a defense to think about. So, yep, he's got a role. Of all these guys, I feel the most com- comfortable saying Connor has a role because of exactly what you just talked about. So, the most important position, Which the one? last one. We talked about kicker already. We did talk about punter, but beyond that. Mm-hmm. The back that is the quarter. Yes, indeed. Brian Lewerke, back, has some things to prove. Um, but before we talk about him, let's talk about who is getting reps behind him. Yeah, so, so well, yeah, we'll save the best for last with Lewerke. But his, his backups are Rocky Lombardi and Theo Day. Uh, Lombardi, everybody knows from, got a taste from him last, last year. year. Yep, and, and you kind of got the whole Rocky Lombardi experience. Yep. Uh, against Purdue, when the coverages were easy to read, they ran soft cover two, and he beat him underneath with throws. Had, a, I think, a borderline 300-yard passing day mm-hmm. in that one. Um, you saw somebody that could make one quick read, deliver the ball, threw with a lot of arm strength, and uh, could run and take a hit. 
you saw the makings of a potential, um, you know, pretty damn good quarterback. So yeah, that was maybe forced in a touch. Definitely early. forced into action. And then in a game in Nebraska and some of the later games, you got the very other side of Rockland Lombardi where he did not handle the elements well. He did not was not able to put touch on his balls in a difficult situation. Uh, you're forced to make... I mean, admittedly, that game of all the games is a difficult situation for any quarterback. Yeah. But... Um, you really saw it, it get exacerbated there. And then, you know, he played in some other games. I believe he played against Rutgers, and, and that was a struggle as well. So yeah. um, he's been on and off, but uh, I think you saw youth kind of get exposed last year. He comes back now as a redshirt sophomore with, with you know some experience under his belt and a lot more snaps in the offseason. Um, hopefully we don't have to see him, to be quite honest. Hopefully we don't have to see Rocky. But, you know, I think the really interesting time to start talking about him is, is a year from now. And in a year from now, he'll be competing with Theo Day, who's a redshirt freshman. Now, uh, from everything you hear out of camp, Day has really taken strides forward. Uh, kid is absolutely um, – he looks like a quarterback. That's if good. You, if you haven't seen him. But he's, he's just – I'm going to pull up his stats right now. So because he, doesn't, he, he doesn't look like uh, the hefty lefty RIP. No, that's big RIP. Lorenzen from from Jerry Lorenzen. No, I mean he checks in at 6'5", 222. That's okay? Um, didn't have a crazy good spring game, you know, 5 of 10 for 52 yards. But he checks in as definitely the most competition for Rocky Lombardi moving forward. Now, um, obviously we haven't seen him in action, but that height – this ability to kind of get snaps early on uh, is big. And the fact that he's been playing a lot in these scrimmages and, and really apparently has been giving Lombardi a run for his money is interesting. Now, Day is the one we especially don't want to see this year. I think the only way you see Theo Day on the field is A, in mop-up duty. So I would expect him to get snaps early. I bet he gets a drive in a couple, you know, Tulsa, Western maybe. Wow. I, yeah, I mean, I think he likes D'Antonio likes to do that. I okay. won't be surprised. Um, now... That's probably the only way you want to see Theo Day, unless things go terribly wrong. Like Lewerke A gets hurt, and then Lombardi either gets hurt or is so ineffective that yeah. Theo Day has to come in. I think that's the only way it happens. Well, that's how we saw Brian Lewerke um, a handful of years ago. Yeah, that true. Situation. That's absolutely true. So hoping that doesn't take place um, because Brian Lewerke has shown us he can be an all-conference quarterback and has done it as – as uh, two years ago? Yeah. You know, just the brief, probably unnecessary recap of last year is, you know, the work he comes into the year as a guy with getting NFL looks. People are talking about him as a first or second team, all Big Ten type of performer. Um, ends up having a pretty bad season. Uh, all the stats regress. But the reason for that is because he hurt his throwing shoulder early in the season, uh, probably somewhere around week five or six. And was I missed an extended stretch of time, tried to play against Michigan, and literally admitted he couldn't even f- raise his arm over his – or his arm over his shoulder. Or his shoulder over his head, whatever, arm over his head. So, like, that type of an injury for a quarterback, I, I think it opens up more questions to me about the coaching staff than it does about Brian Lewerke. Absolutely. The, the, the fact that he was out there playing like that. It's unfair. It's, it's, it's unfair, and it's honestly kind of unforgivable. And I don't know, uh, you know, you don't know whose fault it is. You don't know uh, if they were pushing him or if he was pushing them. But either way, you know, if you're the coaching staff and you see a guy can't lift his he- arm above his head, like, Come on. he shouldn't be playing. Uh, he, clear- he was clearly better in the Red Box Bowl, like clearly improved. But um, from what everything we've heard in camp, he is 
back to, if not better than the Lewerke of old. And if you've got that alone, you are in such a, that alone is going to make you, in my opinion, at least a competent, competent offense. So the only thing that he has to do at healthy Brian Lewerke, back to being healthy, the only thing that he has yet to show us he's improved upon is some of that forced decision-making. Yes. And that was happening before he was hurt, yep. even in his junior year. Um, now, he also was, uh, unfortunately, had some people had the dropsies on him. One key mm-hmm. one happened in a very big game against Arizona State. Yep. Um, but he had also shown us that he had would force it from time to time and even lost games um, at Northwestern, specifically as sophomore year comes to mind in overtime. Yeah, I think... You go as far back as that, and it's just a lack of experience. Mm-hmm. And, and last year, I think this is a guy who knew the NFL was looking at him. Yeah. To be honest with you, I think he, he is a guy that knew, hey, I go out here and have the season I think and I'm expected to have, and I might be this might be my last run in East Lansing. And which and, is which is totally reasonable. Of course. Which, I mean, you'd be you're, you'd be crazy if you didn't think some of those things about yourself. And I actually read an interesting article this week where he talked about how he thought that kept him from being the Brian Lewerke of old. So let's talk about that because there's a really tough thing that happens in college football. When you have, you have in college football to win, it is almost impossible to win without a quarterback who um, can sit, who can't move. Yep. Okay. Granted Clemson kind of did it, (laughs) but that guy, Trevor Lawrence might be a, once in a generation gap. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the unanimous number one pick whenever he comes out. You almost, you walk down the list of the top 10 teams and you're looking at outside of Justin um, Herbert at Oregon, everyone's a dual threat. Now, Brian Lewerke's a dual threat. The NFL doesn't want or need that Mm-mm. because if you're a dual threat, you might die. <laughs> you can't take hits. True. You can't take hits in college. We saw that with Brian Lewerke. So, It's tough because, like you said, Brian is maybe choosing to throw when there are yards in front of him to take with his legs, which is his – you know what? If the goal is the NFL, I get it. Mm -hmm. That's that kind of crosshairs here, you know, where it's like you want him to run. You can see why he wouldn't, you know – yeah, it kind of comes to that point here. I, I and I understand it, especially going into last year. But it was good to hear him say that mm-hmm. because I think he understands. You know, this offense needs him. This offense needs him not only from a passing perspective, but from a running perspective. I mean, he's going to have to take those yards because we might not see a great running game. And it's very possible. But you know what the NFL scouts would tell somebody like that: make the right decision. Right. That that is the good play. You don't have to show me you can force it on the run and exactly. make a dying pass. They're the going to better... care more about the decision-making. I so, totally agree. if he can, all the way, you know, full circle, decision-making, if Brian Lewerke can clean it up, not force it, and not try and overcompensate, yep. especially in these first few games, I think this offense is going to trend right back to where we wanted them, which ideally is in that, you know, 60 to 80 yeah, area. Yeah, a pretty big range. And that's and that's a winning formula for Michigan State. Yeah, and I think that that's something that this offense. Now that we've kind of wrapped up the whole offense, and we'll kind of do overviews next week. But um, 
I, when I talk about this backfield, I mean, the thing that keeps jumping out at me is there's talent. Like, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of elements. There's a lot of people that can do things in unique and useful ways. I mean, you've got a quarterback, like you said, that can run and pass. You've got uh, backs, all of which that can do different things. You know, um, we didn't even get to it, but, you know, in terms of the position battle that intrigues me the most between the quarterbacks and the running backs, to me, it's probably who emerges as that bell cow running back. And I'm not going to be surprised if it's Anthony Williams. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I will be, a, I, I shouldn't say that. I would be a little surprised, but like this kid apparently has been incredible in camp and he's a speed demon and the people really have compared him to Jeremy Langford where he puts one foot in the ground, makes that cut and he is going. So um, I, I'll be very interested in that. What scares you the most is if Brian Lewis, he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. If he's not hurt, if he's not healthy, there's a ceiling on this offense. Did end of story until you well, see seen, somebody. Until you see somebody prove me wrong. Well, we've seen it. We've seen what happens when Brian Lewerke gets hurt. Yeah, and then that, he, that I don't see that changing too much. I from mean, last year to this we year. can't rule it out, but at the same point in time, it it would that would be a surprise. What's that? One of these other two quarterbacks coming in and, and being able to do what real work he did yeah. a year, oh, I two years ago. Yeah. Um, and that would be great. Then incoming freshman, yeah, I'm going to stick with Anthony Williams. Very excited to see uh, what he's got. But overall, I think there's, there's a ton of potential here in this backfield. Uh, and and it's it's up to Brad Salem. If Brad Salem can put together there, – there is enough talent here to make something beyond competent. It's just a matter of whether he can put it together. So while Brian Lewerke has a lot to prove, you were feeling that there was some – Good old-fashioned hashtag disrespect. Oh, now football season is officially back. So tell me, um, I believe uh, Pro Football Focus, who puts out lots of ratings, I guess I'm not sure if they're good or not or accurate. I I think it's impossible to know. They kind of have their own thing going. Like it's proprietary and like they kind of decide about this secret recipe. Right. That said, they did rank every quarterback, starting quarterback in the country, and uh, we sifted through and found the Big Ten quarterbacks, and yes. we were feeling Mr. Lorkey was slighted. So overall, I think he was slighted twice. Mm. Overall, he was ranked the number 76 quarterback. Here's my biggest issue with PFF, is what they do in their numbers will give you a very good in a vacuum of, hey, how did this guy perform Last on the year. field this day? This day, this drive, it is pretty fascinating. But what it lacks is context. It lacks the context of what, who were the players around him? Uh, Was he injured? Mm -hmm. You know those types of things. And it even can lack for context within you know what conference you're playing in and what type of team you're playing against. Um, It large by and large, it's a very good site, very good system. But this here shows the lack of of context, and that is having Lewerke number seventy six. That is to me is preposterously low. Like I, I'm not saying that he needs to be even even honestly even like top forty. I don't even know if he belongs there. Right. Because you do while you while I think they should look more into two years ago and see hey this is what this guy could be. You do have to factor in last year, and the fact is before he even got hurt, he had some stuff that he needed to clean up. He was sloppy. And is I get he, it. Is he Fully healed. Is he healthy? It's yeah. fair to be skeptical about that. But 76. Listen, oh. there's like eight good quarterbacks in the NFL. And you go down to college, and I realize the, the bar comes down for a college quarterback. But you're really going to look around and tell me 75 quarterbacks? 
that's how that's how many conferences. That's that's like the Power Five conferences all have better quarterbacks than Brian Lewerke. Well, let's talk about. I just don't believe it. Let's talk about the other Big Ten quarterbacks here. Yeah. So in the Big Ten, he checks in at ninth. Mm. Now this, I think, is actually worse than putting him at seventy-six. Yeah, is having him at ninth in the Big Ten. So we'll start with let's (laughs) first. Let's start with the guys that are below him because this is honestly hysterical. Uh, number 130, dead last, this is going to shock you, is Artur Sitkowski, quarterback of but Rutgers. The worst. It's really bad. The true, really, he is the anus in the Butkers. I'll tell you, this is a deserved 130. This, this is, is a pure yeah, this 130. Is, this this might have been the easiest pick. This was easier than putting Trevor Lawrence number one for them. Yep. And uh, this led to some... Extremely fun, slightly depressing, I suppose. Game uh, logs, game logs for him. It's funny because he does check in at six five two thirty. Like he looks like a good quarterback, but he's just bad. Um, he ended last year with uh, playing in, I think, let's see here, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, he played in eleven games, mm-hmm. scored four touchdowns. Sure, four, not good. Four. So surely he was taking care of the ball. No. What? 18 interceptions. Here's the best one. So here's a couple things. First of all, if you got torched by Arthur Sitkowski, I'm not confident you're going to be good this year. That includes Wisconsin, where he went for 20 of 39 for 261 in the touchdown. Feeling himself. One of the only games he did not throw an interception. Feeling himself. He also uh, threw for 267 against Illinois. Careful. Also three picks. Yeah. Uh, But the gem, the piece de resistance... And this entire game log is Saturday, uh, October 30th at Maryland. The game Rutgers lost 34-7. Artur managed to complete two passes. Yeah. Two of 16 for a whopping eight yards. Ah. Zero touchdowns uh-huh. and four interceptions. Oh, no. He completed literally twice as many passes to the other team than he did to himself. Um, Imagine Mike Leach in the quarterback's room with him after he'd be like no he'd just quit no he'd be like you're throwing to the other team too much <laughs> throw it to our team one time fine i get it two bad day so we have these colors they have the yeah. different one we get it they we look need, sort of the same we need you to throw to yeah. our colors. so uh it's funny you, you said before this podcast you know sometimes you wonder you say, "Hey, I think I could do better than that." Like, I like hi- hyperbolically. Yeah, I genuinely think both of us could do better than two of sixteen for eight yards and four picks. I, I think it would be close, but I could probably match that. I think I could at least complete fewer than four interceptions. I probably couldn't. Okay. But well, keep going. Okay, so he's number thirteen or number one thirty. One hundred seven is the combination of Isaiah Williams and Brandon Peters. Where have I heard that name? Hmm. At Illinois. Uh, that's probably f- official. So Brandon Peters came from one University Michigan. of Michigan. Was he a Form, savior? Former savior. People, okay. people like to forget. Okay. Um, number 106 is the combination of Graham Mertz and Jack Cohn at Wisconsin. Another reason I'm out on Wisconsin. Uh, number 88, Elijah Sindelar at Purdue, the cradle of quarterbacks. We'll get to them. Number 86, Tanner Morgan, a person I didn't know existed. Didn't know he was on. Uh, Good for him. At Minnesota. The next, Lewerke at 76. So you're telling me mm-hmm. that he, Lewerke is in the same half of the Big Ten quarterback as tier as those guys? Correct. No, you're wrong. The next one up, and here's one of the other things that, that's getting me fired up, is 
The next one up on this list yeah. is Peyton Ramsey at Indiana. He's number 54. It's a huge jump. 22 spots. Peyton Ramsey completed 66% of his passes last year. Good. Threw for almost 2,900 yards, 19 touchdowns, and 13 picks. It's a decent year. Why? Why? Yeah. I don't I, get it. I think that's... He's Peyton Ramsey's maybe right where he should be. Don't fault Peyton. Yeah, Brian can't but be that you, much. But you're telling me Brian Lewerke is really 22 places worse than Peyton. Keep Ramsey. going because another guy was slighted. 51. This guy might have a bigger case for being slighted than anybody, and I can't believe we're saying it, but it's Nate Stanley at Iowa. Checks in at number 51. Nate Stanley, good, ma- very good. His oh. last two years, he's combined for 52 touchdown passes and 16 picks. Yeah, this guy, no love. None. Completed, you know, not a high completion percentage, somewhere around 58% for his career. He's a, dude, he's like... But he's, he's throwing like, for 5,300 yards in the like last Connor. two years. He is very Connor Cookish. Yeah, dude, whatever. Like, yeah, maybe they don't complete. Well, when they do, baby, he, touchdown. Ooh. But he also had an incredible... I don't know if you remember when Michigan State beat Iowa. I think it was two years ago. Uh... He was. They were down near the goal line, and he managed to do one of those throws where you go to throw the ball and it just comes oh, out yeah. of your hand. And then Bocce fell on it. I do uh, that. That was great. Um, but Nate Stanley at fifty-one. I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure why all these other guys are ranked in front of him. Next one up here, Hunter Johnson who at like. Northwestern, who I, who was the number one recruiting, uh, number one quarterback in his recruiting class. Uh, I think he was like number two overall. But he's never played. He's never played. So like transferred what? to Clemson because of Trevor Lawrence. So like. From Clemson. Okay. okay. Yeah, from yeah. Clemson. Um, no doubt. I get it. But again, lack of context. I have not, I've never seen anything out of him. Keep going. 39. Josh Jackson Transfer. at Maryland. Transfer from Virginia Tech. Are you even good? Uh, we, we don't, don't know. know. Keep going. Well, actually, he was. He played. Let's look at Josh he, Jackson he here played. before we jump too far. Yeah. Josh Jackson. This is And Maryland's just looking for the first quarterback who can play more than like four games. Because they just. Everyone gets hurt at Maryland. Like. You almost feel bad, but then you don't because we need those dubs. I don't think we've ever lost to Maryland. Mm, um, okay, so Josh Jackson, his freshman year at uh, Virginia Tech, did throw for almost 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, and 9 picks. And then last year... But last year he didn't. He got he transferred. Well, he played. He did. 575 yards, 5 touchdowns, and a pick. I think he played and then lost his job. Yeah, so I might be okay with Josh Jackson here. But again, I'm not sure why Nate Stanley, by those standards, isn't there. So who... This, yeah, 31. And we're getting to the two, I think, that I take the biggest issue with. 31 is Sean Clifford from Penn State. Why? Why? The dude hasn't even played. Like, I know that he, uh, again, this kid was a big recruit. Okay. He's one of their better quarterback recruits they've ever gotten there. Great. But his, so his, his career stats, huh, touche. Career stats, 5 of 7 for 195 yards, 2 touchdowns, no picks. That's a lot of, wait, 5 of 7 for 195 yards? Yeah, wow. <laughs> 28 yards in attempt? Okay. Okay! So he's throwing bombs, we know that. I'm back in on uh, Sean. Yeah, okay, maybe we're in on Sean. Uh, but still, I mean, to replace Trace but, McSorley and... I just don't know how he's the 31st best. Here's how you who's who you're the most out on. Number 24. Yeah, and this is Adrian Martinez. And I know Adrian Martinez was good last year. Mm-hmm. I know. I get it. But I don't know how he's the 24th best quarterback in the country. Yeah, I mean, you can be good and also you won four games, so miss Exactly. Me. Miss like, me. you won four games, and I know yeah. they had bad bounces. Yeah, miss They also me, won though. a BS game against Michigan State. Yeah. Like, I... 
I don't know. I'm I'm out. I don't. I I think he could be good. And if he is this good, Nebraska's going to be good. Yeah. But I just don't know if I buy it yet. Another guy who, how can we buy anything? Justin Fields, transfer from Georgia. And again, to Ohio Just, State. Justin Fields, very similar case. Sixteenth best quarterback. A very similar case to Hunter Johnson. So your logic here, it is, I'm not following the logic. Yeah, like, how can how can Hunter Johnson, number one quarterback recruit, never play a snap? Yep. Be 48. Justin Fields, number two believe, quarterback. Number recruit. two quarterback recruit. 16th. Yeah, I'm just not sure. Because we're not ranking them on teams. It's quite literally the quarterback. Right. So I'm not sure. Like, if Hunter Johnson's at Ohio State, is he not number 16? I don't know. So I don't really get this here. Now, number one, people aren't going to like this, is Shea Patterson from Michigan at number 13. This one is probably the one I'm the most okay with. That's that's probably right. I mean, maybe a touch high. He deserves to be the number one player, number one quarterback in the Big Ten. I don't think there's any question. Because all of the other good quarterbacks left. Yep. Seriously. He's the best. They got hurt. Or they're gone. But again, why is Shea Patterson so much better than Nate Stanley? I don't like, know what's that. The, I don't know that one. That's not for me to decide. We I'm going to try. I'm going to try to give him. Oh yeah. Well, go ahead. I'm going to try to give Shea Patterson some credit no, here. No, don't. Just, we don't. Have well, to I just want to see what his stats were last year, just so we get good or bad. Okay. So 65% completion percentage, 2,600 yards, 22 touchdowns, seven picks. How is that? That is inc- That's above above like above pedestrian. Like that's. That's fine. That's Nate, that's not Nate Stanley's line. Right. It's fine. Like it's not bad. It's good. It's 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 good. I'd love to have a quarterback it's, with those it's numbers. It's quite literally good. You know who it is? It's Brian Hoyer. Maybe better Brian Hoyer. It's good. You want to tell Okay. Let's see. Uh-oh. No, now we're going to Now I got the Google machine going. While you pull up Brian Hoyer, I'll give you a bonus at 115th Messiah DeWeaver at <laughs> Old Dominion. He not well, mm. Uh, we'll hope he starts, and if he does, that's my new group of five team. <laughs> Fair. Monarchs. So, Brian Hoyer's junior season, mm-hmm. 60% completion percentage, 2,700 yards, 20 touchdowns, 11 picks. So, she's right so there. slightly better than yeah. Brian Hoyer. But it's the same type of I'm idea with you. here. So, all in, Lewerke, disrespected, which yeah. is the way we like it. And it's fine. Like Even if Lewerke was just number 55 behind Peyton Ramsey, I feel better about I'm it. I'm in. But this is great. A great start. So, right. while we're worked up, which is good, this is a good transition yeah. because we're worked up and we're going to fly right into why uh, Purdue stinks. If you're new, uh, each week we tell you why a program stinks. This is the last program we'll have to preview that we don't play because next week it is why Tulsa stinks. We're going to yes. we're gonna have to dig, do some digging. Dig for that one. Start thinking. We're going to put the, uh, the content call out a couple days in yeah, advance need, next time. People are going to have to hit the old Twitter or Google yeah. machine. Um, that said, P- Purdue is an easy one. Purdue is an easy one to um, to nail on, uh, to rail on here. I-, I think we should start because we were very nervous about one Rocky Lombardi. We talked about him early. Mm-hmm. Rocky Lombardi lit up Purdue. Yeah. A Purdue team that had just wa- one week earlier beaten Ohio State 49-20. to Yes. And Lombardi walked in, and I think he threw for almost 400 yards. Boy. On you, Purdue. Yeah, and this is, we're giving the benefit of the doubt and just talking about the super recent stuff. But first of all, yeah, you let this Michigan State team have a good offensive day against you. We were proud. Yeah. We were like, oh, okay. Like, oh, Rocky Lombardi might be good. You're the reason people like Rocky Lombardi. You're the reason that people got a little too excited about Rocky Lombardi. Yeah, so. Think about that. Live with that. Um, You've had one double-digit win season in the history of your program. One. One. You've had ten wins once. That's pretty remarkable. That's incredible. That's so sad. So sad. 
they have an eight-game losing streak to Michigan State. D'Antonio, hmm. I don't think he's ever lost to them. Why would he? Yeah, I don't have time for that. Hmm. There were some close games back in the day, but Purdue always managed to screw it up. Yeah, I mean, they had they, I mean, they were known as like the cradle of quarterbacks. They Why had one? Yeah, so one, one good, one very good. One, I'll give you great. One Hall of Famer. One of the better ones to ever do it. Can we talk about that, though? Because, like, he's great in the NFL. Miss me on the great in college because they won nine games at most with him. They got to go to the Rose Bowl, which they promptly lost. A nine-win team went to the Rose Bowl, so, like, big Yeah, what was the rest of the conference up to? Drew Brees has only won one bowl game, the Alamo Bowl. Hmm. Remember the Alamo. Joe Tiller, your greatest coach ever, 58% of his, 58% winning percentage. And you had Drew Brees. It's not good. You had Drew Brees, and you could only win 58% of your games. And you're the best coach. Like, you've ever You're unequivocally had. the best coach. So, uh, they haven't been ranked since 2007. Isn't that nuts? That's nuts. That is nuts, because they've had... No, know, they haven't. I'm going to correct uh, you. They have they not. Had, uh, Curtis Painter. But you would think that that's good enough to get you ranked. No. That just tells you how bad the rest of the no, team is. No, I wouldn't because you have to have like a good program to be ranked. Uh-huh. We talked about that. Yeah, they're not going to get any program bumps. The football team is such trash. I tweeted recently um, a, tw- a 5, 10, 15, 20-year split. Yep. They've been bad for 20 straight years. All of them. Every year. They are competing with Illinois, Indiana, and Rutgers. For who is the most incompetent? Yeah, it's not good. But really, when you think about who they are and like what they are as a football, but really, it, it, I'll include basketball in this too. It's, you are at best the third most important program in your own state. Mm-hmm. Like at best, you mm-hmm. know. In, in I mean, like overall as a brand. I mean, you can make an argument against other basketball program against Notre Dame's, perhaps. But um, I, you're you're Purdue. Like you, you've got Indiana, one of the bigger brands, especially in college basketball in, we'll get in the country. That. Yeah, we'll talk about them later too. And you've got Notre Dame, for better or worse, is always going to be one of the. That's not one of just the biggest brands in college athletics. That's one of the biggest brands in the world. Well, that's Catholicism. Don't people like it? Yeah, people. A lot of people know about it. <laughs> I've heard. Oh, I've got <laughs> full stop on. Them like Butler, <laughs> like even about Butler. Butler has been yeah. nationally relevant for a small, sustained period longer than you. Yeah, I even mean Indi- Indiana State had Larry Bird. People don't forget. People that. don't forget about that. Let's talk. Let's use this moment to talk about alumni. Okay. Outside of sports, okay. Neil Armstrong. What about him? I'm going to go out on a limb here and tell you. Okay, Neil Armstrong. <laughs> Careful, you're talking about a national hero. I'm talking about a national hero. <laughs> Who, if he sees me, will now have punched me in the face because he's done this to people before. The moon landing was fake. <laughs> That's my take. The moon landing was fake. Prove it. So you, yeah, pr- prove to me solar wind. <laughs> That's what they tell us. That's what I've been told as to why a flag was flapping like there was a breeze in outer space. Wait a second. That's not possible. It's not possible. Look at us, you know, conspiracy. No, it's theory. not a conspiracy if it's just true. You had a bunch. You had one TV channel, and it was in black and white. And they're like, "Oh, run it in slow motion in this studio in New Mexico. Everybody will buy it." So wait, their most famous 
yeah. alum is a liar. Is a liar. Oh boy! Like that—that's that's my case for why I produce stinks. Oh my! Because the moon landing was fake. Let's bring it back. That's what I have to say. I think we should bring it back to hoops quickly. Yeah, but, but, but why? <laughs> because but why? I Your mascot's a train. That's weird. I also think your head coach kind of looks like um, Pete, the Purdue Pete. The Purdue actual, Pete. We talked night, about nightmare fuel. We talked about uh, somebody's mascot being a dead-eyed Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah. Okay. Now let's talk about the literal murderer that is Purdue Pete. You know how every kid at every game wants a photo with a mascot? Yeah. Opposite of that at no, Purdue. You, you Running are, away. I am panicking if I'm a child meeting him. It's actually... That's an adult. It's a punishment to have a it's photo a big next to him. plastic head mm-hmm. and a guy swinging a hammer. There's nothing fun about it. He's got an, a, a very large muscular top, but he's wearing pads. He's oh. just a skinny guy wearing pads. He's a pad guy? Yeah. It's like the ba- it's a guy that goes to the baseball game with a glove. Yeah, he's pad guy. He There's, goes to the football game with pads. He's like Michael Sarah from Arrested Development, wearing the muscle suit underneath his shirt. <laughs> he's, like, look at me, I am. I'm big. Are uh, you? Are you? Purdue Pete's terrifying. Guess what your other gimmick is? The world's biggest drum. Great. Like I got nothing. But, your, you could have picked anything. Thing, your biggest thing is something people drive by on an like a, a uh, an exit on the highway, and they're like, "Didn't know that was a thing." Let's keep driving not to wherever good. we were going. Not stopping. Yeah, the big I, drive. I, just, also, just who cares? A thing that is very easily to be to make a bigger one. In fact, we should do it just to troll. You're in engineering school. Make a bigger drum, or why don't make we a do- field that's a drum? Oh, there you go. Now you're getting innovative. I'm just saying, do something. You want to feel And you have horrible colors. Oh, we didn't even touch the on The black that. and gold is awful. I think they're actually... It's just ugly. I think they're very on brand. I think it's good that they It does that. fit. It does fit. And it's just... That is another thing that makes them so far behind their competitors in the state of Indiana. Blue and gold at Notre Dame. The coolest helmets, in my opinion. Probably the coolest helmets in college football. Personally, I think that. And then you've got Indiana in the cream and crimson. Like, with the I don't purse, love the cream, but the, the white... Yeah, the 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 candy. They both have both of those places have classic venues. Mm -hmm. They've got brand names, and then you're just Purdue. You're not even the little brother. You're like the little little brother. No, you're just the cousin. Yes, that's better. Mm -hmm. Like technically, you've got the family name. You're like cousin Greg in Succession. There's a topical (laughs) reference. If anybody's, who's my favorite character. But well, Purdue's not. Maybe not applicable. But I think we should talk about Purdue fans will often point to that they have won the most um, Big Ten titles or most winning percentage. No one knows that. That's how irrelevant you are. No one in the country knows that. I didn't know that. And that's your thing. Like you, ac- you actually have hardware, not Final Four hardware. Trust me, that's cool. been since 1980. But you can point at a thing, but no one knows about it because you're that dumpy. Like yeah, people just care that little. So let's hit the peanut gallery. The peanut here. gallery really brought it, uh, as we knew they would, um, because we didn't even think about like there's there's some stuff that they get into here where we'll we'll start talking about it. One thing here, Arpon Lobo says, fun fact: if a, if a player ever chooses another school besides Purdue, it's because the other school is cheating. I this heard is that. something that comes from the Purdue rivals boards. Like it's unbelievable. They are so 
incredibly convinced that the fact they can't get a good player from the state of Indiana is because other programs are cheating. Awesome. They think Tom Izzo is one of the most crooked coaches in all of college basketball. What if, and stay with me, they just don't want to go to your dump? Yeah. What if they just have a lot of better options? What if they just have standards? Yeah. What if they're actually good and want to play for a program that isn't Purdue? Like, I know Purdue's a good school, but it doesn't even have, like, like they don't even struggle with the admission standards, things like, that other schools start. You're not with. even the best at, like, Northwestern. You're not right. even the best at like being the good school. You know what are you what are you good at? Yeah, you had all summer. Here's another good. <laughs> here's another good one. Had a Purdue fan argue from uh, Andrew Cammer, Cam Daddy, great handle. Mm, good. Had a Purdue fan argue with me that Matt Painter and Izzo were essentially the same coach, just without the national title and all the Final Fours. That is such a perfect encapsulation show, of Purdue logic. Yeah, but show me the lie. He's not <laughs> wrong. The guy telling you that he's not wrong, just like I am the same coach as Tom Izzo. Yes. Minus the wins, the final fours, and the natties. And I the, am the same And the coach. job. Yeah, yeah. I'm right there. Take saw, away that. I saw Matt Painter. I was down in Indianapolis. I want to say it was the year that we beat Michigan in the final. <laughs> Which year? That's happened a couple times. <laughs> the time we did it in uh, Indianapolis. Sure. Uh, where it was well, Dawson. That clearly, and, ba- yeah. clearly basketball because football of Michigan's never been. No, yeah, good point. Oh, okay. Really good point. Um I'm sorry I even said that. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I was there, and I went to a bar, and I saw Matt Painter there, hey. and they had just lost earlier that day to some, like, shitty team uh-huh. or something. Um, and he just looked so sad. We like, should. he just looked – well, also, he's, like, six seven. Like, he's huge. He's a mm-hmm. very tall man. So he stands out. He looks like – if we didn't have uh, – What's his name looking like? Fran looking like Beaker. He would be the Beaker. <laughs> you can't. You can't even have the coach that looks the most like a Sesame they Street pay character. Him Two point nine million dollars a year to suck. Yeah, and to not get the best players in the state of Indiana. I again. Woo. And so we just. And he just looks so sad. He's like, I don't want to be here. He's like, I'm just glad people don't know my name. If I was five ten, no one would see me. To be fair, he's one and one in the CBI all time. So we'll give him that. What else we got from the peanut gallery? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, Sir Lime says, when I marched there for their pregame, they had... Is it a band one? He must be. They had, I want to say, like two motorized trains and a FedEx delivery truck mini that (laughs) tore up their field. I don't understand. I was so confused. Wait, why would you tear up your own Also, the big drum sounds like shit, which isn't really their fault. It's a shtick, not an instrument. Oh, okay. Well, at least Sir Lime is providing some context for us. Okay. Uh... Sparty Ryan, Spartan Ryan, says, Can you imagine being such a delusional fan base that you think that a coach who has been to eight Final Fours in 21 years is cheating to get guys you recruit when you have been to a grand total of zero Final Fours since 1980? Oh, he also makes the point about Butler. Oh, and you're probably most third relevant program in your state. Butler has been better than you over the last 20. Think about it, Butler. It's true. It's true. I mean, that's tough. Butler? Yep. Oh. Keep going. Here's another good one from Jason Fry. Purdue. No school's colors fit better than Purdue. Brown and black are the most appropriate color scheme for a western Indiana town along the oh. river. <laughs> Their basketball program is the excitement of being stuck in the black-brown mud. <laughs> Very fair. Uh, Zanjo says Uh-oh. links to rivals board threat. That's it. <laughs> so I guess if you want to deal with that, you can do it. No, thank you. Uh, CT and TC says he has brought some good ones here. You are in a worse city in a conference that includes 
there you're in the you're in the worst city in a conference that includes Champaign and Piscataway. <laughs> uh, your biggest win over Michigan State was when Izzo got suspended for cheating with Brandon Dawson, and he was suspended for like a day. Um, he also says your seven foot two Rocky villain of a center was most notably in the news for being sued because he gave a girl her baby. Oh, <laughs> yeah, CT and TC folks. The noise. Um, we've got two more good ones here. Matt Sheehan, Sheehan Sports, one of our favorites, says I refuse to make fun of a fan base that's so delusional they think MSU is cheating when they win a re- when they win a recruit over a school with a thirty nine year Final Four drought. <laughs> that would just be rude. <laughs> Uh-oh. And then finally, we've got Sarah Norris, of course. We're really hitting on this third most important okay. point here. Uh, they're the third most important school in Indiana. And some of them think MSU is an, is has the bag every time a kid from any, Indiana chooses to GTFO instead of going there. <laughs> also, their mascot is a goddamn train. Yes, correct. It's true. It's um, bad. <laughs> the last... <laughs> <the> la- <laughs> The last one year is from Pascal Jaguar, who says, can't decide what was weaker, Robbie Hummel's knees or Carson Edwards' shot selection. No! No! Did him like that. That is bad. Um, I enjoyed that last one. Uh, So, yes, thank you, as always, everybody, for writing in. Um, Yeah, Purdue, like, I, I guess to sum it up, football is completely irrelevant. Basketball, like... They, it, it must suck to actually be good and have n- truly nobody care. They think they're a basketball school, but no one else knows it. Yeah, that's very fair. If they they look for. They are more excited about Jeff Brom, a guy who will be gone. He's done nothing. Well, he's he'll also be, be gone. Yeah. Here's one other thing I have to say. Uh oh. Every one of you that talks about throwing the bag at somebody, I'd like to point you towards Caleb Swanigan. Ooh, it's true. I'm just saying. Hiring relatives. Interesting tactic. Um, So miss me with all of the Izzo shit. Um, Okay, guys. We did it. This was fun. Now that you are here, you have have homework. You need to go tell me why Tulsa sucks. Yeah, that's big. Maybe it's easy. I don't know. We don't even know. We have no idea. I have a pretty good idea that it's going to be easy to dunk on a city from Oklahoma whose mascot is a hurricane. Yep, great, really good start. Easy start for me. Yeah. But next week we're going to be giving you a preview of the our, I guess our predictions. We'll yeah. put them out there. We'll run through the season, let it, let you know what we think. Uh, we'll go through the whole the conference maybe even too. And then a Tulsa preview. Yeah, next week might be a Megapod. So, um, we did it. We made it week zero. Enjoy yeah, the guys. football this oh, weekend. Thank goodness. Florida, yes. Miami. Soak it in. Bet on the Gators. You heard my premonition. That's right. So you know who to blame. Um, Big damn Gators. All right, guys. Uh, We will catch you next week. Rejoice. Football is back. For John, this has been Austin, and we will see you guys later. See you. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.